Thought Leadership Studio. You're listening to Thought Leadership Studio, the podcast that helps you master high-level positive mass influence to create distinctive business niches, captivate an audience, grow your following, and change the game by changing the frame with strategic thought leadership. Thought Leadership Studio. I'm Chris McNeil, primary creator of the thought process of strategic thought leadership and host of this thought leadership studio. So before we dive into the episode, here's what I suspect about you as a listener of the podcast or reader of the blog. From what I've learned, it's likely the listener is a person in business who understands the need to influence at scale and wants to get better at it. You might be aiming for business growth. You might be, or you might feel like they're pushing against a wall and wondering if there could be a door somewhere. They might want to get a business that's still breaking suddenly and permanently upwards. The Thought Leadership Studio listener and reader might want to gain the satisfaction and fulfillment of making a greater positive difference in the lives of those they lead, whether they're on your team or in your audience. You might want to build that audience. You might be trying to tip the thinking of an audience in a certain, more positive direction and wonder how they're going to change all those minds. They might want to find deeper levels of passion so it's more exciting to get up early and go to work. Regardless, these are places I've been and they're people whose work have given me the needed inspiration during these times. Not only that, but certain ones were pivotal in teaching me things that became foundational to what became the thought process of strategic thought leadership. So I feel there's great value for the listener in telling the story of where the process came from. Now thought is a system of large-scale positive influence also known as strategic thought leadership. Thought, spelled T-H-A-U-T, is a method with a set of models that serve as building blocks of high impact, positive influence. But this isn't a tutorial about thought, it's a bit of a history, but it's also a history with touch points and references for those who want to take a deeper dive into the art and science of making a positive difference by changing minds, by leading people to new belief systems that empower them to get more out of whatever it is that you offer or represent. And it also gives a structure for organizing communication that can define and dominate a new market segment that can differentiate an organization from its competition, that can create clear market leadership, get marketing campaigns working, earning their way, sway an audience towards a particular point of view and make all the difference in turning all the content that we have to generate for the internet into something people really want to engage with because it empowers them to get more of what's important to them while also positioning whatever it is we have to offer in the best possible light. So this is 
Thought Leadership Studio, episode 35, Influences on the Birth of the Thought Process of Strategic Thought Leadership, a Structure for Strategic Positive Market Impact and Exponential Growth. What this episode will do for you. Learn how the thought process was influenced by great thinkers in motivation, leadership, marketing, and persuasion like Dr. Charles Garfield, Jay Abraham, Richard Bandler, Seth Godin, Robert Diltz, and John Seddon. Gain insight into the foundations of building strategic thought leadership. Gain inspiration from these leaders who helped inspire the development of the thought process and specifically how they did it. Learn some references for deeper study if you're curious about the work of these people. See some empowering alternative points of view for how to approach sales, marketing, influence, and leadership. Get inspired to build your own thought leadership model at a higher level. But before we dive deeper into the episode, first a message from our sponsor, Digital Marketing Agency, Fifth Level Web that builds website and does all kinds of digital marketing and uses the thought process of strategic thought leadership. Are you tired of your company's online presence falling short of your expectations? Look no further than Fifth Level Web, the web development and internet marketing company that makes the internet turnkey for companies with $5 million to $100 million in sales. At Fifth Level Web, we have high-level tech experts on hand to ensure quick response times and top-notch service. Our team will work with you to create a compelling message and web presence that sets you apart from the competition. Establishing your company as a market leader with the thought process of strategic thought leadership. But don't just take our word for it. Try us out for free. Head to fifthlevelweb.com forward slash TLS. That is the number five, T-H-L-E-V-E-L-W-E-B dot com forward slash T as in thought, L as in leadership, S as in studio. Head to fifthlevelweb.com forward slash T-L-S to claim your web analysis and consultation and see the difference Fifth Level Web can make for your business. Let us help you cut through the clutter and achieve online success today. The link is in the episode description as well as on the episode page on thoughtleadershipstudio.com. Leadership Studio. 
THOUGHT, spelled T-H-A-U-T, is an acronym for Triadic Holistic Architecture, underlying thought leadership. No, that's a mouthful, so we'll unpack it. But it's based on the belief that if you're not leading a marketplace or an audience to new thinking, people really don't have reason to pay attention to your message. You need a design process to build both this new thinking and the bridge to lead people from where they're at to there and propel them along this bridge with a model that has impact. So let's unpack this acronym. First, triadic means multiple perspective. It's a triple perspective system because multiple points of view inform the process. They give it balance and it gives a, an iterative, a repeating design process. You can think of the three points of view with the acronym LEO, L-E-O, for listen, which is audience attunement. It brings insight from listening to the audience in a way that you unravel their beliefs and their values, their higher level thinking to find opportunities that others might miss. Um, e would be envision, that's about the inspiration, and that's what Thought Leadership Studio is all about, the creative aspect, where listening, audience attunement is passive, it's just taking it in, envisioning is creative, it's about inspiration, it's like being the screenplay writer of the movie, rather than the audience member. And the O in this triple perspective system is output or mind shift director directing the market to create impact. So it's action oriented, it's kinesthetic, it's active, and this is like being the movie director, bringing the show completely to life. So that's T, triadic, for triple perspective. Holistic, the H in thought, it's also holistic in that it balances the perspective of the audience with that of the thought leader and that of the detached observer. The thought process that holistically balances sensory systems between the auditory of the listening with audience attunement, the visual of thought leadership studio, and the kinesthetic, the action-oriented of mind shift director. And it balances the modes of passive, creative, and active. It's an architecture, the A in thought, again, T-H-A-U-T, spelled funny. Um, the thought process provides an architecture for large-scale positive influence with a set of models as you consider them construction materials. Models including, and I'm going to link and reference these in the podcast episode page on thoughtleadershipstudio.com. So if you're listening on an app, there's links to dive deeper into all this on the episode page linked to from the episode description. But these models that bring about this architecture include the nine building blocks of a thought leadership model, the seven levels of learning and influence, the five prerequisites to strategic thought leadership, and this iterative loop of thought leadership model building, a system for engaging, listening, visioning, and advancing. Then we have the U of thought underlying the architecture is largely invisible to the recipient. It serves as a backstory, like the mythical archetypes behind Star Wars. 
from Joseph Campbell's study into the structure of myth. So as a backstory, it has necessary unconscious impact, which is important because people make decisions largely unconsciously. So if you're only working with them on a conscious level, you'll miss that. So it leads people to new point of view, a new belief using these dynamics as multiple level communication, hence the U of underlying. And of course, the end result being the T at the end of thought, thought leadership, empowering an audience to enrich their lives through embracing your point of view, your thought leadership model. The thought process brings power and effectiveness to marketing and PR campaigns, business leadership, social change, and any other area that benefits from large-scale positive influence. So this thought process is based on the understanding that your audience spends an enormous amount of time on the internet. According to a 2021 report by Hootsuite, the average person spends approximately six hours in 54 minutes a day using the internet across all devices, including smartphones, tablets, and computers. And a lot of that web time is in research mode, particularly when people are about to make a major purchase. A study conducted by Pew Research Center in 2016 showed 82% of American adults reported that they used the internet to research a product or service before making a purchase. So people aim to refine their buying criteria online. They aim to inform their decisions before spending money. And I've written before about how aiming content at this pre-purchase research can influence buyers to revere the special advantages of a product or service you represent to help them get more value out of whatever it is you represent, to help them extract more of what's important to them, to help them make a more informed and empowered buying decision, maybe even to cast things in a new light so that they elevate the purpose of whatever it is you represent. That's what strategic thought leadership is all about. Now, I've mentioned many times that strategic thought leadership benefits from elements of systems thinking, neurolinguistics and game theories informed from all these angles and there's specific leaders from these fields and other fields who've impacted my thinking positively and helped inspire building thought as a thought leadership meta model so to speak so i owe these people a lot of credit and i hope telling a story of how their work was inspirational and pivotal to building this meta model of thought leadership, of the birth of thought and their influence on it is inspirational and empowering for your message building, your sales, your leadership, your influence, or your PR. Thought Leadership Studio episode 14 was about building an inner board of advisors. These are people I would choose and in a sense have chosen for my metaphorical inner advisory board. These are key influences behind the development of the thought process. Include Dr. Charles Garfield, author of Peak Performance and Peak Performers, marketing consultant, 
Guru J. Abraham, founder of neurolinguistic programming, Richard Bandler, marketing guru Seth Godin, master modeler and expert on belief change, Robert Diltz, and innovator in bringing systems thinking to service businesses, John Seddon. Now, to, to frame things just a little more about these key influences behind the development of strategic thought leadership, I'm sharing the influences for those who might become intrigued by the thought process and what it can do for them and want to study the roots. Now, some people just want to pick the fruit. Those end up being like my consulting and coaching clients or marketing clients of my companies like Fifth Level Web and Thought, and that's fine. Others might be curious, though, about the basis behind things. Now, what I'm sharing with you are influences that were so powerful for me, but in a lot of cases, so counter to the dominant narrative, so challenging to how things are typically done outside the norm, outside the mindset, the dominant thinking of how things are done. And where I applied them, is a key factor too. Uh, these were people whose work I found absorbing. I didn't just read their books, listen to their tapes, or take their trainings once, but I found so much value in what these people were teaching that I went through their media, went to their trainings, and some got to know personally and engaged with time and time and time again to try to get these principles that they taught that were relevant deeply integrated into my thinking through you know, stages of being intrigued, some non-judgmental testing to seeing how it fit, to noticing tremendous positive impact to the level where I wanted this absorption so I could get it deeply embedded in my own thinking, um, which is how I hope my clients and students approach the thought process. So, then it was this deep study, this repetition, this application over and over again. So it's working on internal belief change in a lot of cases. And until I felt it was well integrated the same way that I hope the thought process empowers those wanting to add it to their large-scale impact and influence. One of my early influences in business helped me reframe the sales process as a motivational experience. He was Dr. Charles Garfield, who was a NASA scientist who became a performance psychologist after being involved in the Apollo mission, sending men to the moon, and how this powerful mission took hold of a large group of people, driving them way beyond their expectations. And Dr. Garfield's experience with the Apollo mission inspired him to seek a doctorate in psychology. And he went on to write books like Peak Performance, which was about applying sports psychology to athletics with a mental training program. And Peak Performers, which was about applying such mental skills in business. And at the time, I was a psychology student and an athlete and very fascinated with the concept that the mind was the most important factor in elevating the performance of the body, and that there are mental training methods that could elevate athletic performance tremendously when organized as an effective system. I ended up also working with a sports psychology who'd worked with a couple of US Olympic teams. 
and ask them questions like, how could these mental training techniques used to train Olympic athletes be applied to general fitness programs to impact people's performance in exercise and lifestyle management? And since I was in a fitness business, it also beget the question, what if we reframe the sales process from instead of just showing people equipment, talking about you know, what we have to offer, and instead made it about motivating people to crystallize the vision of what they want to accomplish, to more clearly see the body they want to live in and put some numbers around what it would take to get that to make it feel achievable. So it has benefits of not just an absence of medical symptoms, but the joy of living in a body that can perform at high levels with all the satisfaction and confidence that that brings. So what I found with this, bringing this to the sales process of fitness, making it a motivational experience of helping people access and elevate high state of motivation of focusing on step-by-step step, achievable goals for increasing their exercise performance level and achieving the internalization of a set of healthy habits that they could live with the rest of their life but also gave them the level of fitness tone and energy that they wanted and this was extremely successful and the sales process that developed with this i sold more in one particular day and I was initially told could be sold in a month. The closing ratio was off the charts because I wasn't focused on selling. I was focused on motivating, which made it to me intrinsically rewarding to do it this way. So Dr. Garfield's work of organizing mental training for peak performance enabled a complete remake of the typical fitness center sales process. Instead of contrasting equipment with competitors, is about bringing them to a state where they believed that they could achieve this higher performance. They could build supporting beliefs that it was possible, doable, and worthwhile. And not even that hard if they organized their efforts effectively and had the right kind of goals that created the right kind of feedback loops to quickly build confidence and success. And this mindset became part of the core map to fitness model, the exercise, stress management, and motivation. It was part of software that I wrote that won some national awards and enabled selling that business to move into lifestyle management and fitness motivation software and marketing software after I sold the studios to friendly competitors in 2008. Some of whom used to work for me. I had trained in the model and the process continues to this day through their studios. But this is important to the thought process because it was the beginning of seeing how reframing what someone sees as a sales process into a positive motivational process brings about both more intrinsic rewards and a much more effective sales process. So one of my early influences in marketing is Jay Abraham. Jay taught me that not only is marketing an honorable profession, it's one of the smartest things business people can spend time and energy on. Done rightly, it adds value to all concern. 
Some people think maybe Bill Hicks, the comedian, had a negative view of marketing. But when you consider things like Jay Abraham's strategy of preeminence, which is based on deep empathy for the customer point of view, advocating strongly for the customer point of view, putting the customer ahead of yourself, putting their needs ahead of yours. Uh, Jay also taught me the geometric growth model, where when you consider there's only three ways to grow a business. One, by having more customers. Two, by having a greater unit of sale. Or three, having a greater number of sales. But when you focus your growth strategies, your marketing strategies, on all three of these, you can get geometric breakthrough results. And I put a couple of models of Jay Abraham's geometric growth model on the episode page on thoughtleadershipstudio.com. So if you're listening on the website, scroll a bit down. If you're listening on an app, click the link to go to the episode page and check it out. I'll give one example where if you are just increasing the number of customers and the average purchase and the number of purchases per customer by 10% each, 10% not too hard to do right, just a little optimization, a couple new ideas. That adds up to 33% growth. If you're increasing each by 20%, that adds up to 73% growth. And if you can increase the number of customers and the average purchase and the number of purchases per customer all by 30% each, that's 120 percent growth. Jay also promotes a multiple pillar strategy of marketing where you develop multiple concurrent streams of lead acquisition and customer conversion while utilizing both innovation and optimization at every stage of the marketing game. And his take is, in fact, it's actually easier to get breakthrough growth than it is to simply grow in a linear fashion when you apply these kinds of principles, which can take essentially any business and make it grow by quantum leaps. Another marketing influence that contributed to the thought process was Seth Godin, who taught me the concepts of permission marketing and the idea virus. Permission marketing is about how marketing on the internet in particular is best done through stages which add value in exchange for the recipient granting permission for further engagement, which contrasts with what he calls interruption marketing, which is interrupting someone's stream of consciousness with a probably unwelcome advertisement about something else. So permission marketing ended up also being called inbound marketing, which is creating magnetic content that people actually want to consume, that educates them and that empowers them. And the thought process is certainly a subcategory of this inbound marketing. And companies like HubSpot have done studies and show that leads created through inbound marketing only cost about 35% of what leads generated through outbound marketing cost. 
There is a time delay that distorts perception of how well it works, but if you give it time and let it build. Now also Seth's book, Unleashing the Idea Fires, also had a lot of impact on my thinking and how we looked at how the internet enables the spread of ideas so they become viral. And he created a model of these multiple factors that contributed to how virus-worthy an idea could be when you optimize it for transmission between people. Now his definition of an idea virus was foundational to my concept of the thought leadership model, a key component of the thought process which builds on it, adding things like how the structure of language can give it direction and maximum persuasive power. So to me, Seth wrote the playbook on marketing on the internet. And two of these early books that I mentioned are still extremely relevant because there are still plenty of business people who have yet to learn the important lessons of number one, marketing with permission through content people get benefits from directly rather than interrupting their stream of consciousness with ads, as explained in the book, Permission Marketing. And number two, understanding that well-packaged ideas are where value is built today. These ideas can spread virally when packaged and shared well, as explained in his book, Unleashing the Idea Virus. Now, looping back to how Dr. Charles Garfield influenced how I saw sales and marketing as a motivational experience for the recipient that empowered them to get more value. I started growing in my ability to do this when I discovered the field of neurolinguistic programming or NLP, which fit my mindset better in some ways in the field of psychology. And I love sports psychology, but most of the psychology was focused instead of on elevating performance, it was on studying problems. And Richard Bandler, one of the co-founders of NLP, Neurolinguistics, said that actually studying problems just teaches you how to recreate problems. It's more studying highly successful people and modeling them that teaches you how to be successful. It's studying people also who used to have problems and overcame them and finding the common factors in these people that makes overcoming these issues teachable. This seemed a more sensible approach and it's extremely effective, although it gets pushed back because it's disruptive to the fields of psychology and psychiatry. And Bandler in particular was very willing to call a spade a spade and call out these fields for things like incentivizing keeping people sick via their hourly session model. So it gets a lot of pushback, but new ideas do. It's a part of what happens when paradigms change. It's systemic. And what's happening in the field of psychology is they're starting to fold these innovative discoveries from NLP, like the eye movement pattern where you can tell whether someone is thinking in images or sounds or feelings by which way their eyes are looking. And it can be used for things like creating a deeper rapport by matching the sensory system that a person is using in your language. Um, and it's a way though, NLP, 
that Richard Bandler I've trained with a number of times, and I think he's brilliant. And, NLP, and he built NLP with his partner John Grinder as a way of codifying objective experience, which is the key to discovering the processes of great thinkers and modeling them in this subjective. So it isn't as easily studied as the objective. It doesn't fit scientific study the same way because it's all in your head. But in your head is the key to success. So you can see NLP gives a structure to study how to replicate excellence in any area by modeling the most likely unconscious thought processes of people who are exemplary. And I've trained extensively in NLP. I've obtained a master practitioner level. And I've trained also in Richard Bandler's offshoot from NLP, Design Human Engineering. And it doesn't just give a structure for excellence. It gives models for utilizing the structure of language for subconscious influence, which is extremely important when you remember that decision-making is largely unconscious. Now the conscious rational mind is also brought along to support it with rational thinking, but there's always predicated on emotions. So you have to persuade and sell to both sides of the brain, so to speak that way. On the basis of emotions, a better feeling somebody will experience, and also all the logic that supports those emotion-based decisions. And I've taken a deep dive into Richard Bandler with his partner, John Lavelle, in their persuasion engineering course. I used to bring my staff annually to Orlando for the training and I'd stay for more advanced NLP training. So from Richard Bandler, I learned methods for influence like embedded metaphor through nested loops, which means telling a metaphorical story, say about someone the recipient could relate to who overcame the challenges the recipient was facing, but nesting these stories deeper helps bring about subconscious-based positive influence, overcoming subconscious limitations with these patterns. He taught me language patterns for mass positive influence, and how NLP gives a structured syntax of excellence and a structure of language. And I strongly recommend his book and John Lavelle's book, Persuasion Engineering, which is linked to on the episode page on thoughtleadershipstudio.com, by the way. Now, speaking of modeling excellence, I should also mention Robert Diltz as a major influence, as he is one of the best, if not the best, in modeling genius and excellence. He was early in the field of NLP and helped develop these early models in his work, though, in modeling strategies of genius has had a tremendous impact on my business thinking of in creating methods to access and apply profitably the thinking strategies of creative geniuses like Mozart and Walt Disney. Applying Mozart's thinking was a breakthrough in my music. Now, it may not have made me Mozart, and I didn't expect it to, but it was certainly accelerated learning and a tremendous breakthrough leap in my ability to compose and perform music that I would never have gotten trying to learn things in the standard way. So from Robert Diltz, I learned methods of modeling excellence. To learn. He's also excellent in belief change patterns. He makes those explicit with a method called sleight of mouth, which 
parts of the thought process draw upon to create language patterns of influence that can be applied in content marketing. But he's brilliant in unveiling the hidden thinking patterns of geniuses. And I strongly recommend um, some of his works, including a book called Sleight of Mouth, The Magic of Conversational Belief Change, and a series of books called Strategies of Genius, where he goes back and studies the writings and interviews of historical geniuses to unveil their thinking patterns like Leonardo da Vinci, Einstein, Mozart, Nikola Tesla. And from him, I learned strategies for transcending limitations, finding insights, and accessing genius states that have become embedded in a part of the thought process. So all these influences also add up to methods of accelerated learning. And I consider systems thinking in some ways a sister discipline to NLP. And I started learning about systems thinking through my association with NLP and in my businesses. Whenever I managed to really apply systems thinking, there were breakthroughs. Usually counterintuitive breakthroughs I never would have thought up without using the tools to study things as a system and find leverage points. But I was lost a bit in finding ways to apply the more manufacturing-oriented systems thinking of, say, Edward Deming, the father of the Japanese miracle, their industrial revolution, to apply systems thinking to service businesses, though, until I ran across the work of another great influence, John Seddon. John Seddon is the creator of the Vanguard Method in the UK, founder of the Vanguard Group, He's my friend and soon-to-be guest on this podcast. John took the systems thinking of Edward Deming behind this manufacturing revolution of Japan, in particular Toyota, and found ways to apply it in service businesses, where he and his team go in and create results that, in his words, nobody ever would have put into a plan. He found leverage points that are common to all service businesses that show some of the toxic side effects of top-down management, which also rears its head in targeted marketing. Seddon's Vanguard method promotes ways to think more outside-in instead of top-down, based on the system's truth that it's the customer who sets the value of a service. So you can only truly optimize your profits by designing it from the customer point of view. So he demonstrated that and this designing from the customer point of view, designing to demand, he calls it. And another breakthrough of Seddon was defining what he calls failure demand and what I call remedy pull. Failure demand or remedy pull is the demand on a business from customers resulting when you don't do something right and they have to come back to fix it or get a remedy. And he found that some businesses have up to 80% of their demand is failure demand. So if you can flush out failure demand, it's a tremendous leverage point to any service business because it frees up resources, automatically increases capacity, resulting in more profit and sales even before you consider the dynamics of better customer satisfaction, greater referrals, and word of mouth. Now, much of the Vanguard Group's methods are explained eloquently in John's book, 
Beyond Command and Control, which I'm linking to in the episode page on thoughtleadershipstudio.com. Again, if you're listening on an app, click on the link, go to the episode page, and check it out. It's well worthwhile. But influenced by John's work, I asked a couple of key questions that impacted the thought process. Number one, what if you draw the system-defining boundary around a business to also include its media? The media is part of a business. What if you consider this media a service the business provides to prospective customers who pay with engagement and attention ahead of paying with money? And number three, what if you optimize this media as service using principles like the Vanguard Group uses to optimize service businesses for breakthrough results? And the type of benefits this media as service would provide would be things like helping prospective customers make a more informed buying decision, help them extract more value out of whatever it is you offer, maybe even elevate the purpose of what you offer to something they didn't think of that helps it enrich their lives on a higher level. So John Seddon helped me in applying systems thinking for breakthroughs in service business. Um, he also uses intervention methods to interrupt outdated business management thinking and help leaders become more open to changing their beliefs. He found designing to demand from the outside in is a fantastic leverage point in service businesses as well as flushing out failure demand or remedy pull. And I strongly recommend his book, Beyond Command and Control. So the thought process, to summarize, is a subcategory of Godin's permission marketing, a methodical way, it's a methodical way of having building blocks that can define and package what he'd call an idea virus more effectively. It utilizes some of the models of neurolinguistics from Bandler and Robert Diltz. These are some of the excellence modeling of Robert Diltz, some of the thinking strategies he uncovered that were consistent in effective geniuses. It takes the outside-in, design-to-demand methodology of the Vanguard method, bringing in systems thinking to marketing by considering marketing as a service provided to customers who pay with their attention ahead of paying with their purchase, and therefore can get the same kind of breakthroughs they brought in service businesses. It gives clear building blocks to building a thought leadership model with subconscious influence to impact entire markets powerfully. It makes content marketing that much easier and more effective. The thought process owes a lot to these geniuses, these leaders who've influenced my thinking over the years. So this podcast and posts is an expression of gratitude to all. Thought Leadership Studio. Tired of your company's online presence falling short of your expectations? Look no further than Fifth Level Web, the web development and internet marketing company that makes the internet turnkey 
for companies with $5 million to $100 million in sales. At Fifth Level Web, we have high-level tech experts on hand to ensure quick response times and top-notch service. Our team will work with you to create a compelling message and web presence that sets you apart from the competition. Establishing your company as a market leader with the thought process of strategic thought leadership. But don't just take our word for it. Try us out for free. Head to fifthlevelweb.com forward slash TLS. That is the number five, T-H-L-E-B-E-L-W-E-B.com forward slash T as in thought, L as in leadership, S as in studio. Head to fifthlevelweb.com forward slash TLS to claim your web analysis and consultation and see the difference Fifth Level Web can make for your business. Let us help you cut through the clutter and achieve online success today. The link is in the episode description as well as on the episode page on thoughtleadershipstudio.com. So I'm Chris McNeil. This has been Thought Leadership Studio, Episode 35, Influences on the Birth of the Thought Process of Strategic Thought Leadership. Pivotal influences in designing thought as a structure for strategic positive market impact and exponential growth. Hope you have found this enlightening and helpful. Please go to the episode page on thoughtleadershipstudio.com. It's linked to in the episode description if you're not already on the site and check out the links to resources that I recommend from each of these influences as well as the free marketer's guide to strategic thought leadership and if you want some help with your own strategic thought leadership your own marketing your own strategy designing a message to have greater impact and knowing how to envision a thought leadership model, bring it to life, and disseminate it for impact. I'm offering a free 30-minute discovery session. would love to learn more about what you're working on and brainstorm together. The link is on the episode page, so check it out. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you subscribe if you have not already, and look forward to seeing you next week. Thought Leadership Studio.